0: Bringing you around the world, right from your desktop. VoiceAmerica.com
1: VoiceAmerica.com welcomes you to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Now here's the host and founder of Rack and Roll Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz.
2: Good morning, everybody, and as usual, I have a great guest. I'm very excited. Um, Chris DeBack is with us today. How do you? Hi, Cindy. Hi, Chris. How are you?
3: Good. How are you?
2: Are you ready to have a Bloody Mary?
3: Oh, give me a double.
2: <laughs> Irish coffee. Sounds good. <laughs> I was going to say that you know you have just won, okay, for one of your projects by Agra Falls. Yes. The best drama pilot category in this year's New York Television Festival Awards. Congratulations, Thank Chris.
3: Thank you very much. I appreciate that.
2: And um I was so excited that our programming people were actually able to find a picture of you with an Emmy in your hands. Yeah. How rare is that?
3: <laughs> yeah. Um well, I guess let me start uh, by saying um, uh let's see. 5 years for the last 5 years I've been working with uh, James Cameron. We I work at Earth, I worked at Earthship Productions. We did uh his movies Ghost of the Abyss, Aliens of the Deep, Expedition Bismarck, and Last Mysteries of Titanic. And um, we were actually nominated for an Emmy on Expedition Bismarck, which we won uh, in sound editing. And I was able to uh, score two tickets to
2: the Emmys and, uh,
3: you know, got to play with all the Emmys.
2: <laughs> no, you have one in your house now, right?
3: Um, well, I'm not a sound editor, and you know, but our show won. Uh, I didn't win the Emmy specifically, but um, we got to hold it and take pictures with it. And I ended- right, it was a team thing. It was a team thing. It know?
2: was a team, but still it's very impressive. I mean, I can't, when I have a guest on the show, I, I'm telling you, the marketing director of Voice America doesn't have an easy time finding people with Emmys in their hands. It's pretty <laughs> yeah. wild.
3: Oh, no, well, yeah, it was a, It was a great experience. And when they, uh, you know, they, it's fun when you're sitting in the audience and they um, announce, all of the nominated projects, and you're you're you got your hands folded on your lap, and you're getting all nervous. And then all of a sudden, they announce your show. It was it was just the most thrilling thing to uh, see our sound boys go up to the stage collecting their Emmys,
2: knowing that uh,
3: I was the one who hired them.
2: Oh, listen! I mean, this is how it goes. You li- you live the dream. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you of, know, it's yeah. really true.
3: Yeah. No, thank you.
2: No, you live the dream. Okay, well, I've you know I've always been very impressed with you from the moment I met you. You were the we met when we were doing the space thing. What was it?
3: Oh, it was an Arthur C. Clarke. Um, it, it was uh, kind of, we were honoring Arthur C. Clarke at the Playboy Mansion. And,
2: and uh, there you go. And, and when Patrick. there's Playboy, there's Cindy, I guess.
3: Yeah, well, that's the connection, I guess, too.
2: Somehow, some way, and you were Chris. You know, out of everybody that we worked with, all of the characters that we worked with in that project, um, you know, you were kind of the serious guy.
3: <laughs> well, that's funny you should say that. Um, the, working with Jim Cameron, um, you have to be the, you know, I had to be the serious guy. I was the one that was responsible for pretty much all of the, um, you know, inner workings of the show, you know, the nuts and bolts of the production. That was That's basically my job. And... uh if anything went wrong, you know I incurred the wrath of you know the tyrannical genius James Cameron, which uh, I admire and love and, and enjoy working with. It just you know he made me a better producer because you know you, you had to be good, you had to be perfect. It was demanded
2: of you, it was
4: expected of you, and
3: uh, if you weren't, then you wouldn't be part of his team. You wouldn't be part of the uh, inner circle.
2: No, it's true, and you really lived up to that. It's funny, before I got to know you personally, I knew you professionally, and again, you were like Poindexter. You had your glasses on. Um, It was like... You're so
3: flattering. Thanks.
2: Well, you know, all people have to do is go to www.voiceamerica.com and see how cute you are without the glasses and the Emmy in your hand, okay? Yes, thank you. <laughs> but you were, you were very, I mean, that was first impression, say a lot about people, and you were like really the brainiac. You were very serious. I think that's a compliment. You should be honored.
3: I am totally honored. Thank you so
2: much. I mean, you know, and we did have a cast of characters. I'm not going to put anybody down personally, but we had a cast of characters.
3: (laughs) Oh yeah, exactly. You know, you know, Jim, even though he demands the best, you know, he does bring a bit of an eclectic crew with him.
2: Uh, uh, Well, you know, some of them, some of them are people that you know are new to his crew and probably wouldn't be back to his crew. And again, we don't have (laughs) to mention names, but you know, um, it was funny. It was very easy to tell. Who the outsiders were, and who were who came from the Cameron inner circle, because the people who were the most professional were from the Cameron inner circle, yeah, yeah,, and the people who weren't were kind of like the odd men out I mean you know, and I think Chris, you and I shared that you know sort of dedication to excellence i my just like Cameron, you know Hefner is a stickler for perfection as well, and you know I always maintain that you know um professionalism when it came to doing an event at the mansion so even though i was sort of a pain in the ass i just knew what had to be done to make the event right
3: well yeah guys you know guys you know women and men that are in you know powerful positions like that they uh you know they they all seem to have the same characteristics you know they all seem to be perfectionists they 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 demand excellence they demand you to be the best you possibly can be and 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 I, I love that, and I hope that uh, someday that I can I can also share those same traits.
2: Well, you will. I mean, you're on your way. Let's talk about, we're going to plug, I told you the show is Plug City because it's a PR show, right?
3: <laughs> Absolutely.
2: So, okay, congr- Viagra Falls, I feel like I was there with you at the beginning. Um, well, I, you sort of
3: were, actually.
2: <laughs> I know, and I'm like so proud. It's like, oh, my God. You know, it's it's the project, the little project that could, and it symbolizes so much about, patience in the business, Um, you know, this is something that you had professionally put together, of course. I mean, would anything less than professional come out of your hands? I don't think so. Um, You know, I thought it was adorable from the very beginning. You know that. And you just kind of hung on to it, pursued and persevered, and and now you got an award for it. Tell us about that.
3: Well, let's see. Um, So the show is called Viagra Falls. And every time I tell anybody that title, they just have a chuckle of course Uh, um, we I uh, I shot it four years ago um, when we were in post production on Expedition Bismarck working with Cameron Um, it was when we were doing Bismarck you know it's very busy I was traveling all around the world you know various Germany France England etc so after we finished production got back to uh, LA got back to Malibu and it slowed down a little bit for me for post so I I thought, you know, I'm going to go shoot something. I'm going to go do something. So uh, my friend Brian Edding, he uh, came to me with a script uh, originally entitled Autumn Leaves, and it was about this 70 uh, year old guy grandfather just lost his wife, and a 70 year old black woman who uh, lost her husband several years prior to that, and you know, just enjoying, you know, wants to enjoy life. So I read the script. And I was like, you know, this is, uh, this is a little too dark for me. It's not, you know, I, you know, he wanted to do it as a short. And I said, Brian, listen, you know, um, a short is fine, but it doesn't have legs. You know, we'll get into a couple of festivals. That'd be great. Let's, uh, let's do a TV show. Let's do a pilot. Let's do a TV pilot, like a half hour or something. And let's make it funny, because, uh, you know, this could be really funny. So... You know, he goes back to the drawing board, you know, writes up another script, brings back Viagra Falls, and I just started dying. I thought, oh, this is great. And, you know, for me, it was like Golden Girls meets Sex in the City, but with, you know, three grandpas.
2: Oh, it, it's really incredible. I mean, it, it's really incredible. Yeah,
3: yeah. Well, it's incredible that we actually, you know, pulled it all together, because, um I've been in the business about 17 years, and I've I've pretty much worked on some of the worst productions in the world, some of the best productions in the world. You know, I worked with John Landis many years ago. I worked on *Devil's Advocate* with Taylor Hackford. I I worked, and then five years with Cameron. So, you know, I I really got to work with some of the best in the biz. So, taking all of this knowledge I've had, I, I realized, you know, I can do it just as good as they can. So, so why don't I? So so, we took our Viagra, little Viagra fall script, and we uh, you know put a we put six grand six thousand dollars together, and you know we did a schedule, you know we did a budget, and thank God I was working for Cameron at the time because I got all of my vendors to give me free gear.
2: It's unbelievable helped. what you know association can do.
3: Oh my God! That, well, you know it's funny because growing up in this business, a lot, everybody said it's all who you know, it's all who you know, and I really didn't take that. You know, I, I didn't really pay attention to that, but then at that time I realized it. They're so right. It totally is who you know because it
2: totally is who you know. <laughs> you know,
3: I, I mean, I'm sorry to say that for all the uh, you know newbies out there that want to get in the business, but uh, you really got to know somebody to get anywhere in this town.
2: No, you really, really do. It's it's sad, but it's true. But you know, a lot of people wouldn't have the smarts to know how to utilize it in a tactful way either, and then. You know, they're worse off than the people that don't know anybody. Because yeah. if you piss these people off, you're dead. <laughs> yeah. No, totally.
3: And and here's one thing I'll tell all your listeners, the PA, the production assistant, the assistant of today is your producer of tomorrow. So you better treat everybody nice on the way up or else you're gonna get you're gonna come down hard.
2: Isn't that true? Oh it's so God. true. I mean you know, <laughs> you know, thank God I've always been nice to people. Yeah, no.
3: (laughs) I mean, you know, here I'll give you an example. A a very good friend of mine that um, you know, I grew up in the business. Uh, His name is Jonathan Taylor. We worked together. He was a guest relations host at Walt Disney World, and I was dipping ice cream at the Polynesian Resort. Right. I'm currently working with him now. He was the producer of The Osbournes. The guy got two Emmys.
2: Exactly. Listen, it's the old adage about who was in the mailroom together at CAA or William Morris.
3: Exactly, totally.
2: You know, I mean, look, it's, you know, we call them lovingly the three (laughs) Jews'. But, you know, with DreamWorks, I mean, it was Spielberg and it was Geffen and it was Katzenberg. I mean, you know, look at that. It's exactly that. They all work together in the mailroom.
3: Yeah, totally.
2: And, you know, look, you know, then you have a triumvirate that's born and legendary. It's, um, you really, if there's one point that we have to make for anybody in the business that wants to do anything in the business, it's like, be nice to everybody.
3: Yeah, you know, you can't afford not to be.
2: And pay your dues, and don't gripe about it. You're lucky to be in the industry, period. Yeah. Yeah. Because not many people get there, really. It's, you know, I mean, how many people really can make a name for themselves in entertainment today? If you think about it, there's really not many. You could write a list of 100, maybe, maybe 200.
3: Well, think about you know the, the the Screen Actors Guild membership is what like three hundred thousand or something like that.
2: Right, right. You know,
3: and of those three hundred thousand, one percent are actually making you know million dollars or more. You know, well, I
2: was close then. I said two hundred people, and it's three hundred people. So statistically,
3: <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, something like that.
2: I know it's um it's you know you have to really put into context, um how hard it is to, you know, get yourself with an Emmy (laughs) (laughs) on some kind of public Internet site. (laughs) Right,
3: exactly, exactly.
2: I mean, it doesn't happen to everybody, and you have to just love those moments. Well, listen, we're going to take a break, Chris, but, you know, we're going to just plug all of your projects. That's what I promised you we would do, Uh, and um, I'll see you in a few minutes.
3: All right, I'll be here.
2: Okay.
0: Bringing you around the world right from your desktop. VoiceAmerica.com Movie
1: premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, yachts, parties. At Rack and Roll Productions, we do everything. Except make empty promises, grand openings, book releases, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio. Rack and Roll Productions gets the job done whether it's an intimate party or a production of 2,000 people. In fact, you've probably seen and heard our work on the e-channel, MTV, The Howard Stern Show, or in the pages of numerous newspapers and magazines. Now it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of Rack and Roll Productions. Visit us online at www.rockandrollentertainment. That's R-A-K-N-R-O-L-L. Entertainment.com Or call 1-818-597-0700 Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio black and Roll Productions, we do it all wwwr rollentertainmentcom
4: Ever wonder what are the favorite travel destinations of the Hollywood jet set? Where do celebrities like to go when they aren't walking the red carpet? Tune in to Traveras Celebrity Travel Talk with president of Treveras David Manning, and Lisa O'Hurley, golf aficionado and wife of actor John O'Hurley. On Traveras Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa talk with well-known actors Travera Celebrity Travel Talk with David Manning and Lisa O'Hurley broadcasts each Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Travera Celebrity Travel Talk, your inside look into celebrities and travel. Mom.
1: Dad.
0: The powerhouse of Internet Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Cindy Rakowitz.
2: Here I am with Uber producer Chris DeBack. Do you like that, Chris?
0: I love it.
2: Yeah, this is a place where we really can label people, and it sticks, you know, because it will go on Google that you're an Uber producer.
3: Oh, thank
2: you. Not just an exec producer, not just a producer, not just a one-time production assistant. You're Uber
3: <laughs> <laughs> Uberman. I am Uberman.
2: Uh, you are Uberman. Now listen. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. It just um, brought up Aquaman for me from Entourage uh, yeah. cameo that James Cameron made on the show. What did you think about that?
3: Well, um, I lo- first of all, I love Entourage. It's a great show. H- HBO is awesome, awesome network. Um, and uh, when we heard that Jim was uh, going on the show, we were all curious to know what kind of storyline that was going to be. And then as it played out, um, it uh, you know what's funny is when we were watching him on camera, he um, I don't know. I, I guess he was I guess he was acting or just being himself. But, um, I,
2: seems like himself, but I'm you know I haven't had the proximity to him that you have I yeah, mean,
3: it's um uh, well, it, that's the thing. it's a bit surreal because you know we spent you know for five years, I literally spent every day with the guy,
2: right, you
3: know right, dealing with him on on everyday situations and and you know just business stuff, and uh see him on camera it, it's kind of kind of weird, I mean, yeah, I, like I said, I've been in the business for a very long time, and it, it's still <laughs> it's still kind of weird and surreal to me. When, you know, I see the people I work with constantly daily on, on television and, uh, I don't know, I I still think it's cool, I guess, you know, or else I wouldn't be doing
2: this. Oh, it's true, but it is very surreal. It's very, it's like for us, it's like, is this real life or is this art?
3: <laughs> yeah, well, again, with the Emmys, you know, going to the Emmys and actually walking the red carpet and the paparazzi and all this, the slebs, you know, I, I mean, nobody knew who I was and or, or why, but, but they, they are, will, Chris. <laughs> they will. No, I yeah. <laughs> hey, after I <laughs> agree. You're an Uber it.
2: producer, so after they definitely young. will. And you're so young for having, you know, almost 20 years of experience. That's kind of freaky.
3: Well, I got it right out of school, so I mean, right right when I finished college, I uh, you know jumped right into it, feet first, down at Disney World.
2: So. Well, you know what? It's um, a lot of people. I think a lot of mistakes that people make too is they're too good to take you know, the page job, and, you know, that's so wrong. I say page, you know, in a generic sense. Yeah, and, no, um, yeah
3: I agree. Um, I think uh, what you said earlier about paying your dues is uh, so important in this
2: town. I mean, you know what? I don't care what kind of degree you have. I don't care if you went to Harvard. You know, you got to start in the mailroom. I mean, all the guys from Comedy Central, you know, and, you know, the Jon Stewart show, You know, they were all Harvard graduates on the most part. That's what they're known for. You know, the Jews from Harvard that are writing the show, that's what they were talking about when they won their Emmy. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, they all started, you know, again, you know, as pages, as gophers, all of that kind of stuff. And then finally they all landed on the hit show together with John. And, you know, it's that incestuousness that's sort of key. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, (laughs) but,
3: <laughs> well the thing is the thing I learned about growing up in this biz is uh, you you'll find the those that you'll get along with and you want to cultivate those relationships.
2: No, you really really and they they they're yours for life. I mean yeah. people who I mean they keep on coming up over and over again. I don't think that I could have sustained running my own company if it wasn't for, you know, the 20 years of experience that I had prior to it. I mean, you know, who would I have been? You know what I mean? Yeah. How could I have selected the perfect fish out of the fishbowl? You know what I mean? It's, you know, it's really every year you're examined as if you're taking, you know, a college final. It's really true.
3: Every year, every show. I mean. Well,
2: you, come from, you know, in, in the corporate world, it's more like, you know, you're you're reviewed on a year-to-year basis. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, and in your case, it's definitely, with every project you do, it has that kind of measurement. And people that lose that, you know, school pressure mentality, you know, are not going to go through the perfection filter. They're just not. Yeah.
3: I mean, well, the thing about this is uh, you're only as good as your last show.
2: Right, exactly.
3: You know, and um, you're only as good as, as the people that you work with. So if you... You're doing a lot of low-budge independent stuff. You get a lot of great experience, but you know it's hard unless you cultivate those relationships to break through the uh, the glass ceiling, as it were, and and get into the, you know start playing in the majors.
2: You know, exactly. So let's talk about Viagra Falls and oh. next steps. You you've won, you well, know.
3: Um, yeah, I guess. Uh, so so I, let me get back to I guess finishing that story about uh, we went out, shot Viagra Falls, put it together, and then uh, once we once we finished it in post, uh, edited it, um, I, I actually ironically found an agent in a very strange way. Um, at the apartment building I was living in, uh, I came home one night, and there was a package from William Morris sitting on top of the mailbox. And I saw, I looked at the name, and it was my new apartment manager. Now, he's been there about six months, but I had never met him before. So I, I'm like, hmm, I wonder what, why William Morris is sending this guy a script. So I picked up the package.
2: That's all. That's
3: wh- hilarious. Yeah, picked up the package, walked upstairs, knocked on his door. I said, here, this was on the, the box. And uh, by the way, I'm down in 102, you know. And uh, and I said, so what do you do? He's like, oh, I'm an agent over at uh, Abrams Artists. I'm like, oh, really? Well, ironically enough, we're having a screening of this new show I did called Viagra Falls, and uh, I'd love to invite you. And he's like, yeah, sure, why not? So, you know, two weeks later, he comes with his girlfriend to my screening, Watches the show, has a blast, really loves it. Comes up to me and goes, "Do you guys have an agent?" And I said, "No." He's like, "Well, great. Can I rep it?" I'm like, "Duh, yeah." That's of course. hilarious.
2: It's in the apartment building. Yeah, that my manager story. Yeah. <laughs> so,
3: um, so anyway, he 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 took us out. We went on the. Uh, we took three meetings right off the bat. Um, can I tell you what networks they're now? Probably not.
2: <laughs> well, you have to be careful about what contracts you sign. Well, you know, probably, you're any, probably just shopping it, but
3: um... well, anyway, let let me just say I went to three major cable networks. Right. And uh, we we showed them. We cut together uh, a two and a half minute trailer. And for anybody who shot a short or or a movie or or any type of thing you have to have a presentation piece that's no longer than two minutes and 20 seconds, because that's basically the attention span of all these network
2: executives. Of course.
3: So um, we showed the trailer. All of them loved it. they like, wow, this is great, amazing, but that's not our demographic.
2: Right. Well, you and I have always discussed the fact that the demographic is difficult, and I think that we brainstormed a lot about how do we get past this, and I've always believed that you know you can get past it. You really can because you and I have discussed sociologically that seventy is like the new fifty.
3: Totally, totally.
2: And you know, so you're still running into that problem a little bit. Huh?
3: Oh, we're we're still running into the problem because you know um, it just when the Golden Girls came out in the eighties, they transformed TV. And and that's what Brian and I you know anticipated with this, thinking well we could bring the Golden Girls to the present day 2006, but from a guy's perspective, and uh, it's it's all about timing. And uh, we shot four years ago, and now this year, three weeks ago, we won the New York Television Festival for best drama. We're getting closer to the right time.
2: And it is patience. I mean, I put that in the e-card promotional link that I sent over to you. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't listen to uh, Man Next Door or you know Man in the Street's opinion on this stuff because it would make you crazy. Um,
3: well, you know? you know, what's funny about Man in the Street's opinion is that, boy, I wish we could in some way listen to Man in the Street" opinion because I, everybody that has seen the show across the board has absolutely loved it and they've all asked me what channel is it on what network is it on what time will it, what kind of time can I watch this
2: is that documented in any way because
3: <laughs> nah, yeah. it, you know and, well yes it is now it is in the New York Television Festival we won best drama
2: okay i guess it is you yeah.
3: know i mean the average people in you know i knew the east coasters would totally get it you know just because they're not as infatuated with uh you know, beauty and youth, as we are h- out here in LA. Well,
2: I think you're old in New York when you're 18.
3: Uh, yeah, totally. <laughs> oh, oh <laughs> yeah.
2: I meant that in a good way, actually.
3: No, it to- no, you're you're old as far as uh, experience and street smart. <laughs>
2: exactly. You know, so, I'm an uh, East Coaster.
3: Oh, I'm, I'm from Reading, Pennsylvania, and uh, you know, I grew up in this
4: you know, not in, the,
3: in inner city, you know. Our city was like 200,000 people, and, you know, I I was definitely in the inner city, so I know what that's like, and you grow up quick like that,
2: you know. No, you do. You do, and Reading, Pennsylvania, is still like it's a little microcosm of New York City for those people that don't know.
3: Yeah, it totally is.
2: Home of TV Guide, right? Uh,
3: Isn't it? Uh, We're outlet shopping.
2: (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, no, I think that TV Guide actually moved a lot of its operation there, at least a long time ago it did. I don't know what's happening now.
3: Uh, Nothing's happening now,
2: unfortunately. Oh, okay. (laughs) Hey, listen! They're one of the sponsors of your award, though.
3: Yes, they are, and, and we love TV Guide. We love Ed Variety. <laughs> I love TV Guide and you know, Variety gotta... and William Morris, and uh, they were all um, Fox, NBC. The, I'll plug. Let me plug the New York Television Festival for all you know, for all newbies out there, or if you want to go and do something, go shoot something. They're the first festival that allows independent
4: television.
3: By independent producers, directors, writers, and they will showcase and get exposure for your work. It's uh, they're they're great guys. It's an amazing festival. Um, you know, thousands of people come to it. You know, every year, and all of the networks, all cable, all all of the uh, big ABC, NBC, CBS, they all pay attention.
2: It's perfect for exposure, and this is their second year, right?
3: This is their, you know, their second year, and from what I've been told, the third year is going to triple what the second year did.
2: Well, it's, you're in the right place, you know. New York being the decision maker capital and the media capital of the world, you know.
3: Yeah, no, absolutely. I love New York. I mean, it's a, uh, it's a definitely. It was one week of uh, the best time of my life.
2: I'll bet. I'll really bet. Well, you know, it's great, you know, to watch a new awards organization that actually, you know, you, you actually have the salt-of-the-earth decision-makers there, and in time it will become more and more popular, and that's good for you because you'll always be listed as an award winner.
3: Absolutely, and and uh, the uh, the whole point of the festival is to bring new voices to TV.
2: Well, there you are. Well, listen, we're going to take another break. I told you this goes really fast, Chris. So we're <laughs> going to take another break, and then you could plug yourself for the next two segments.
3: I'm looking forward to it. We'll
2: be back. All right.
0: Unlimited talk at your fingertips, voiceamerica.com
1: movie premieres tv specials radio shows film festivals restaurant openings fashion shows charity events yachts parties at rack and roll productions we do everything except make empty promises grand openings book releases speaking engagements television movies radio rack and roll productions gets the job done whether it's an intimate party or a production with two thousand people in fact you've probably seen and heard our work on the e-channel mtv the howard stern show or in the pages of numerous newspapers and magazines now it's time for us to assist you Turn saleability into profitability with the help of Rack and Roll Productions. Visit us online at www.rack R-A-K-N-R-O-L-L Entertainment.com. or call 1-818-597-0700. We premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio Rock Rack and Roll Productions, we do it all. www.rack and
0: Bringing you around the world right from your desktop. VoiceAmerica.com. Cindy Rakowitz has won more awards than she can hang on her wall, including three Clio's. Call in now at 1 866 472 5788 and you can have one. Okay, maybe not, but she will answer your questions. Now back to Stars of PR with Cindy R.
2: We're back with Uber producer Chris Deback. <laughs> <Yeah>, I <laughs> love that. Uber producer Chris Deback. Um, Chris, I want to talk about the changing TV climate for a second, if you'll engage me, because um, I think it's also positive for you. Um, I think that when you first when you first produced Viagra Falls, the pilot, um, you know. You you knew it might be TV, but you were also open for it being you know independent film at the very beginning. You didn't. It doesn't seem you were open to almost anything, weren't you?
3: Absolutely.
2: I mean, you know, I remember you were talking to all different kinds of people, getting sort of the same reaction. Like this is really funny, but the demographic. It's. But I think that's really changing now for a number of reasons. I first of all, the New York Times or and the Wall Street Journal recently just did Super Stories, and the LA Times did a, you know, boiled-down rendition of them about how television is the new feature film business. And I think that's really true. I, you know, people can't afford to make, you know, $100 million movies anymore plus. Um, you know, you work for a guy that managed to do that, you know, several times, but the economy just can't sustain that any longer. So the articles, in terms of trends, was how television is really becoming the new film business. What do you yeah. think about
3: that? No, totally, I agree because um, uh, if you look at all the one camera, you know, maybe a one camera uh, dramas, the one camera sitcoms. Um, they're shooting them like movies. And, no, they really, really are. Oh, and DVDs. Oh, and that—that's the thing—is all of these TV shows are now becoming so serialized
2: they are I mean,
3: they look at dvd sales rather than what the actual numbers are the ratings they are making.
2: and who would have thought about that like to, as as close as 2 to 3 years ago you would never think that a television executive would project dvd sales as part of the make back money yeah
3: exactly i mean it's all advertising money and and that's what they're looking at. but nowadays you know with the advent of i think lost really brought it up to uh to everybody's face that, you know, look at the you know, look at all this additional revenue we're making.
2: No, it's it's really true. And um, you know, unfortunately, you know, I'm not I'm not dissing the feature film business by any means. I think that it just sort of topped out because how can it, how big can a budget go? That's yeah. the question, really. It's how big can a budget go with the studios feeling confident that they're gonna make money on the film. Because if you invest in a hundred million or you know a hundred million dollar film you know, the pressure is on the studios to make back that money. Right? You know,
3: absolutely. But you know what? I I think that you're going to start seeing a trend with all of the studios now. To uh, they're going to be doing a lot, um, a lot less budgeted films. Oh no! State I think that's a great I think, example.
2: I think I think that's really true. But on, in television, on the other hand, here's a groundbreaking moment. I just want to, you know show how the news trends are matching, again, man-in-the-street perception. You watch a show like Brothers and Sisters. Have you seen it yet?
3: Unfortunately, no, I haven't.
2: It's it's brilliant. And Sally Fields is, you know, one of the main cast members. And she's no young girl. She's not Gidget anymore either.
3: Right.
2: You know, you know which is, you know, something that you could use universally as, you know, older people being sexy and older people being a draw, particularly on television, And the thing with seeing Sally Fields on, you know, a television series is she's such a great actress that it's almost like she's too big for television. But when a pro sees this, they say to themselves, ah, television is changing. I mean, there was just such a powerful moment where she has this, you know, histrionic fit. You know, um, she had just lost her husband, you know, who was played by Tom Skerritt. And, you know, her kids are a handful. You know, older kids, but, you know, they're all still a handful and she just goes into this histrionic, catastrophic tantrum that is so, um, you know, motion picture-like that you just know at that moment that television is changing. It was almost too big for your TV set. And, um, you know, that's why I really think that, you know, in this trend, people are going to start to be more open about Viagra Falls and feeling comfortable with the fact that life is becoming ageless.
3: Well, the baby boomers now have all the money.
2: Well, exactly right, and the baby boomers are all 50. That's it. I mean, you know, so, um, you know, it's, I think, and I always knew this, I just think that Viagra Falls, you know, is definitely going to have its place, and you're going to be one of the first people out there with your big-time neighbor agent now (laughs) because you're the Uber producer, right? Right.
3: Absolutely. Uh, um, well, you, you know, know, NBC has a show now called uh, 20 Good Years or 20 More Years or something like that.
2: Oh, that's a John Lithgow and... John
3: Lithgow, Jeffrey Tambor. Right,
2: exactly and, right. And
3: and here's the funny thing. It, it's not Viagra Falls in any way. I have actually a friend of mine's a consulting producer on it. And he uh, he saw Viagra Falls and he's working on the show and he said, no, it's definitely not your show. But but here's the kitsch is that, you know, John Lithgow and Jeffrey Tambor, how old are they? They're old. They're in, their, they're in their 60s. I
2: mean, you know, and I the mean... the show is the,
3: pitched for early 50s, you know?
2: Right. And so, I think that Viagra Falls, that, you know, I, it's so adorable in the way that you've developed the characters. It's like, you don't look at Viagra Falls and say, you know, it's an Alta show. You just don't. Because no. Because the characters are very childlike.
3: Well, here, here's the thing is, what we tried to do is we basically wrote the script... For, and you're going to like this. You'll appreciate this. We wrote the script for teenagers, okay? Yeah, of course. And then we cast everyone in their 70s.
2: No, and it's and that comes across for anybody that knows, you know, the art of screenwriting. I mean, you did it really well. You you've made, you've taken away, you know, the age factor. You really have. And the baby boomers today don't have an age factor. We're all you know, obsessed with youth in whatever way, you know, whether it's extreme sports, it's stuff that you know, you would have never thought you know, a 50 to 60 to 70 year old would be into, you know, 15 years ago. I mean, we all, and it's not like we're hanging on to our youth, it's just sort of a part of our lifestyle. I mean, you know, we (laughs) believe it or not, you know, there is sex in our lives, and believe it or not we do like to go on, you know, some kind of Back road mountain bike and stuff like that, and you know it's really really true. It's the key for you is to take away the age stereotype. You do it in the script, now you have to do it positioning wise.
3: Well, yeah, I mean we we've gotten we've got wow. several pitches. We have several different treatments lined up where we incorporate a multi generational family element, and and uh, basically it's it's the the guys the The grandson teaching the grandfather how to date again and how oh, to go out and live life and how to uh get back into society and uh, and then you know my grandfather had a baby at sixty three years old
2: Well there you go
3: I mean we got strong genes in my family and well uh, then
2: chris you could you could reproduce for <laughs> a good amount of years i I, I
3: don't advise it, but hey <laughs> you know what whatever works and he was chasing tail right up. Until he died at 82, you know, it just doesn't, uh, yeah, I, I pray, I hope I am like that. Oh,
2: I you know, think that you that will is. be. There's something about you that I just think you will be. Oh, well, thanks. But yeah. don't be having babies when you're 80 or anything
3: like uh, that. You know, that, that. You know, that might be a
2: little too old. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, there are people that do that, but it's not advisable, really. It's not. Not, not for me either. You know? But your characters are so adorable. Why don't you talk about some of the people in the cast?
3: Well, uh, we have Paul Kent, who is a veteran of stage and screen. He had, he was under contract with Lucille Ball. He worked, uh, you know, with uh, um, uh, Roger Crawford. He he worked with all of he. It, you know, these guys, the three guys I've got: Paul Kent, Richard Erdman, and Bill McKenzie. They are the golden age of Hollywood. I mean, when when you see things on TV or you look in the books. You know, Richard Ehrman did all of Billy Wilder's movies. He was in Torah 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 for God's sake. I
2: know, and that's why people, you know, who will see it one day will say, God, I know that guy.
3: Exactly. Well, Paul Kent was on the West Wing. He played the Archbishop on the West Wing.
2: Right, which and, wasn't the case when you first, West Wing wasn't something that you could have alluded to four years ago, five years ago. Yeah, yeah,
3: exactly. But uh, nowadays, you know, we, we use it as our, uh, you know, hey, check out our actors. we got some really good actors here, you know.
2: Right, no, it's it's really true. I mean, the again, and even the actors that are, you know, a little bit of the unknowns that support, bleeds yeah. are terrific.
3: Well, we we got a uh, you have to check out. We got a review in in squad dot com, and uh, it was for the festival. They rated Viagra Falls best acted, best written, best directed, best overall of the entire bunch, and and right. you know. We're in the drama category. We originally shot it as a comedy, but when the festival folks you know, put it in drama, they basically said to us, you know, your show is so good, and it has dramatic beats, it has comedic beats, it's something called a dramedy, and we are going to put it in the drama category just because people really need to see this and understand that life is drama and in drama inherently is comedy
2: it's better for you to be in the drama category right now um you know it's just again it's a marketing categorization that works for you
3: totally and we were, we're very happy and what's funny is um there was a show that won uh, best comedy it's called split the difference the uh they came to our screening and all the guys uh, all the girls from the producing side came up to us and said Thank God you're not in our category.
2: Oh, I would imagine. We'll talk about that a little more. We almost have a minute and a half to break. You know, I love having you as a guest, Chris, because I know that you understand the timing of things. Even though this is just an Internet radio show, you understand that I have to follow a clock because you grew up with that. Oh,
3: right? go ahead. Do what you got to do.
2: Uh, do what you got to do. I know. A lot of people just don't listen to me and then they get cut off and you know they get mad later but you know see, the. I key. can't
3: see how anyone can't listen to
2: you my dear oh you're so cute well listen we're going to take one more break and um, listen y- you are doing you're like a fantastic guest I'm going to use you for the best of but we'll talk about that in the next segment okay you got it <laughs> okay Uber producer we'll be back alright
0: Streaming the world over VoiceAmerica.com
1: Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, yachts, parties. At Rack and Roll Productions, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand opening, book releases, speaking engagements, television, television, movies, radio. Rack and Roll Productions gets the job done whether it's an intimate party or a production with 2,000 people. In fact, you've probably seen and heard our work on the E-Channel, MTV, The Howard Stern Show, or in the pages of numerous newspapers and magazines. Now it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of Rack and Roll Productions. Visit us online at www.rockandrollentertainment. That's R A K N R O L L entertainment. dot com or call one eight one eight five nine seven zero seven zero zero. charity events, TV specials, ready. Rack and roll productions. We do it all. www.rockandrollentertainment. dot com
0: The woman MVP who sets you free with host, entrepreneur, author, motivational speaker, corporate executive, philanthropist, wife, and mother, Luanne Mitchell-Halter, is an exciting and provocative look at the real world with real exciting guests and real stories of triumph and professionalism with a dash of spice sharing recipes for a better world on all the playing fields of life. Join Luann Mitchell-Halter as she and her guests uncover and expose us to our abilities to create our very own Big League MVP, My Victory Plan, Potential for Greatness. The Woman MVP Who Sets You Free with Luanne Mitchell-Halter broadcast each Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on The Voice America Channel. The Woman MVP Who Sets You Free. It's time to get off the bleachers, play the game of life, and be the MVP. The Powerhouse of Internet Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Get free advice from crisis communications guru Cindy Rakowitz now. Call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now let's get back to more stars of PR. Here's your host and founder of Rack and Roll Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz.
2: We're back to the last segment, but it it's just it the back, Uber Producer. Now you're Uber Producer all the time.
3: Oh, thank you. I love it.
2: Make sure you put the umlauts over the U all the time so it looks like you really know what you're talking about.
3: <laughs> oh, We've got to make new business cards now.
2: I know, exactly. But, you know, um, Viagra Falls, you know, it it perseveres. It's it's wonderful. It's really great. Um, and, I, you know, these things, again... They have a life of their own. I, You know, you and I exchanged emails about it. And here's the disconnect between man in the street. I bring up man in the street a lot, you know, and people in the business world. Man in the street doesn't really understand, you know, the option process and, you know, you know, the come back next napty process and, you, yeah, know, you know, the know. timing of the pilot's process and, you know, the whole gestalt of... The calendars that we have to face in the business—they really don't. And you know, if you have projects, I find it very annoying that people always say, "What's happening with that project of yours?" And you know what the reality is—that you're working your ass off, but it doesn't—you know, you can't share with the man in the street the results until you sell it.
3: <laughs> well, a lot of times, you know, you know, unfortunately, they don't understand it either, as you said, with the process. It just. Um, You know, like I I did, Viagra Falls four years ago, and you know, the first year we took it out, we took our meetings, and it was very discouraging. So we we just kind of parked it in, in, you know, in uh, neutral for a while, and then uh, my partner Attil shot me the uh, email to the New York Television Festival, and that's that's when we just sent it in, and uh, you know, we got a lot of attention from it. You know, we got meetings at NBC, IFC, Court TV, A and E. MSN, um, it uh, definitely opened up a whole lot of doors for us. But, you know, you, know, you asked me a question earlier, what's next? Well, you know, I, I really don't know. I mean, what, timing. It's all about timing. We're, we're just going to uh, wait and see. And, you know, we tell everybody we can about it. You can watch the entire show and trailer on the New York Television Festival website, uh, that's that's your that's the website www.newyorktelevisionfestival.com.
2: Oh, okay, well that's important.
3: Click on drama, and then you can watch our show and uh, and write in. You know, there's a little comment section. We have a MySpace page. You know, it's MySpace backslash whatever viagra falls tv
2: very cool check you're, that
3: out um, you're
2: attracting all of those teenagers that you always wanted
3: exact well you yeah, know here's the thing is uh, you know we're we're all going to get old hey you teenagers listening out there guess what you're going to get old someday check this out you know if you want to be like this this is what's cool
2: <laughs> right right <laughs> well more importantly you get a little fan base going you get to show people if you know executives are really interested in pursuing an option or signing a deal, you know, they really want to see what teenagers have to say. You might have to show some defense.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I agree.
2: And, um, you know, I, I think the MySpace Well, MySpace became such a commercial thing. It used to be like this little underground thing that only teenagers can use. (laughs)
3: Yeah, well, you know how those little underground things take a life of their own.
2: Uh, Well, it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. You're doing all the marketing things right. You know, you get the rack and roll seal of approval, man. I mean, (laughs) are you going to NAPTI this year? You and I once talked about that, you know. You
3: know what? NAPTI, it costs money.
2: And, yeah you a know, little it, thing that a lot of people who don't have a show yet don't yet have
3: yeah exactly i mean <laughs> you know I, I i put the money into the show we put the money into the in the things and you know maybe napty would be a good thing for us but then again it, it's a crapshoot. shoot and uh right now i um i've got a lot of other projects in development and we're meeting with a lot of different studios and networks et cetera, and uh you know, uh, Viagra Falls will have its day and it'll have its time, and we'll just, you know, I just have to wait and see. You know.
2: No, it, it's true. It, there, there's longevity to it, even though your whole cast is like, you know, seventy plus.
3: Oh, so totally. we just actually had a little celebration party at my house, and uh, I invited the whole cast, and they all came. I mean, for, from four years ago, the whole cast showed up, and they're just as bry and virile and vibrant as ever, you know? Well,
2: you know, it just, well, they're pros. They've been in show business for a while, and they understand the process. It's the man in the street that doesn't understand the process. Yeah. Um,
3: well, well, can I, uh, um, let me plug one more thing for you. Oh,
2: you can plug whatever you want, Chris. <laughs> go, you know, it, again, it's Plug City. This is one big commercial for you, so just go ahead. <laughs> Thanks. Um, it's the Chris DeBeck Show.
3: The Chris DeBeck Show, the Uber producer show. <laughs>
2: yes.
3: um, well, listen, for those who want to understand the process, I teach a class at the Learning Annex. You do. I do. It's called "From Assistant to Producer: You Finding Your Path in Hollywood." And basically, it's a. I teach one class in November, one in December, and one in January, and you get the first-hand knowledge of, of how to do it, how I did it. You know, first of all, you know, I'll give you three. i I'm, I'm I'm not Jewish. I don't have any family in the business. And I, uh you know, I never t- went to film school. Yet now, all of a sudden, you know, I worked five years with Cameron. I'm, I'm producing a show for E! right now called House of Carters. Check it out every Monday night, 9 o'clock.
2: Oh, that, that's you, huh?
3: Well, I'm a, I'm a line producer on it. And I'm, But here's the, here's the thing is I'm working for J.T. Taylor, Jonathan Taylor, the same guy that I was working down at Disney in guest relations with.
2: Oh, exactly. That's fantastic.
3: So talk about cultivating relationships. So we're all working together on House of Carters. He's got another show coming out in January on A and E called Sons of Hollywood and we're shooting two more pilots at the end of this year. So we're we're really busy, but, but the learning annex class you'll learn how I did it, how you can do it, how you can find your own, you know, methodology to breaking, you know, the uh the wall for Hollywood.
2: Well, you know what the funny thing about you is, is that, you know, if you didn't see the spelling of your last name, you actually could pass for being Jewish, though.
3: (laughs) Well, thank you. I, I sometimes get that, actually.
2: No, I mean, it's true. I mean, you're one of those people that can, you know, fall into almost, you know... Any character, USA. I mean, obviously, you're not Asian or African American, but you
3: know, (laughs) I could. Hey, hey, listen. If you want me to be, I could be.
2: Uh, yeah, no, exactly, exactly.
3: (laughs) Anything you want, Cynthia. That's what I'll do.
2: Well, that's a very Jewish characteristic. I mean, but that you know, (laughs) but I'll feel guilty about it as well. (laughs) But um, no, that's that's fabulous. Look at all you're doing now. I'm going to ask you a question. Can we talk about patience, or is that? Oh,
3: absolutely. As a matter of fact, I'm. Right after Viagra Falls, we shot, shot a second, well, a year after Viagra Falls, we shot a second pilot called Patience. And this is just as good, except this one is actually uh, demographically more b- better than Viagra Falls was. And um, I had a meeting with our writer-director, and we're doing some uh, touch-ups. We're doing some recuts on it. And we're going to start pitching that the first of the year, first of January.
2: Well, I, you know, I, being that I have a cast picture... You know, uh, yes, from all the people that worked with you you know well <laughs> um, you
3: you my dear you provided us the uh, dom triplets
2: and... hey what would you do without them oh really?
3: my god they were so beautiful so great
2: i mean and, you know listen it's, listen, it's no I, it was fun helping you with casting and again that kind of goes with you know the whole business thing when you like somebody and you want to work with them and you want to help them out and you're just one of those people that people want to help out. You're very professional, you know. On a on a personal level, you're endearing and a lot of fun. You um, you know, you you never seem to let all of this get to your head. You know, you're always keeping your Reading, Pennsylvania personality.
3: I'll, I'll cut you the check by the end of the week, okay? Oh uh,
2: yeah 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 <laughs> yeah. But um, you know, I am I still have patient CE. Uh, yes yes Can well, well here's...
3: Here's the thing: I'll, If if we don't do anything with it this year, you will absolutely see it in the New York Television Festival next year.
2: I, I, you know, I pretty you are a large advocate for the New York Television Festival, and you know how great for them.
3: They, yeah, I well, those guys. They re- four years ago I did Viagra Falls because there was no independent television, and I I kept, I kept thinking, what what's wrong with this picture? I mean, there's independent film. Why can't there be independent TV? And then two years later the New York Television Festival springs up. And I am a big advocate of anything independent that allows new voices to be heard, that allows new programming to be out there, that allow just allows everyday schmoes like me a chance to show you what I can do.
2: No, it, it's really, well, you're not a schmo. You're far from a <laughs> schmo. And anybody could look at your picture, Chris DeBeck. Um, very, very proud of you winning the um, TV Festival, you know. Yeah. yep, yep. Yeah. Yep. You know, New York Television Festival Award for Viagra Falls Best Drama Pilot Category, um, and you know what? You made me feel very, um, very sentimental. Um, I want to thank my engineers. They do a great job. I, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Listen, fine. thank you for coming on the show. You did great. So don't call me now because I go back to sleep.
3: <laughs> oh no, that's okay. I got to go to work. I got to go deal with uh, post-production and Carter's House of Carters Monday night, E nine o'clock.
2: All right. Well, thanks, Chris, for joining us. And Uber Producer, we'll talk to you soon.
3: Cindy, I loved it. I had such a great time. I'd love to do it again. Please
2: leave Well, you me. will do it again, Uber Producer. <laughs> we'll we'll write and roll for you as a regular.
3: All right. You go, rack and roll.
2: <laughs> oh, goodbye.
3: See you later. <laughs>
1: Thank you for listening to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Please come back next and every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific time for more insider information on the world of public relations with Cindy Rakowitz on Stars of PR. We'll see you next week.